Today we're starting a new series, uh, and we're going we're gonna to run a little bit of a shorter service today, but um, we're starting a new series on the generous life. And as we were talking about this series, going into Thanksgiving, I think the result of, of a thankful people is a generous people. I think people that are thankful become generous. And coming into Thanksgiving, I thought this is perfect time to talk about some generosity. Uh, not just financial generosity, though that's what we're talking about today, um, but generosity in your whole life. These days, generosity in attention is sometimes a little bit more valuable than generosity in money, where we're all like glued to our phones. Like, we need to be generous with our attention. Uh, we need to be generous with our affection. We're going to be talking about that as well. Telling the people in our lives that we love them. Sometimes we're not real great at doing that, but we need to be generous. And it's this whole self-generosity that we want to be operating in as people of God, right? We want people to know that they have access to us, that we could talk to them, we could pray with them. This is what we want, not just for pastors and churches, but for everyone who calls himself a follower of Jesus. And so we're going to be talking about that today. But um, I'll just say this. Um, one of the things I love about Living Streams, and I was talking with uh, somebody about this last week. They had just started coming fairly recently, and I said, what, what drew you to Living Streams? What did you like? And they said, I don't know. It just feels right. <laughs> There's just something about it that just kind of feels right. And I know exactly uh, what that guy was talking about. I feel the same way. And I've been at Living Streams uh, going on nine years, I guess, eight years, something like that. Um, and from the minute I came here, I thought something is really different. And at the time, Mark Buckley was a pastor. And I've seen this church go from Mark to David and now to the season with David on sabbatical. And the Lord has been so faithful to this church. And he's kept the same spirit among us the whole time. And I think one of the things that makes Living Stream so different is that there is a deep authenticity to what we do. So I stand up here today knowing my goal is not to get you applauding and going, yeah, we, we, you know, we don't do that. We want to talk about truth in the word. We want something that challenges us to become better followers of Jesus, right? We're not looking for the applause or all of that. Like, we are looking for something deep and real. And that's one thing about Living Streams that I just love. It's been so consistent, that deep authenticity. Um, and we're going to keep that going today. So we're going to talk about finances, and not with a heart of, uh, you know, we, we need to talk about finances because it's that time of year. That's not what it is. Um, Really, it is a heart of discipleship toward how we look at money. And it's vitally important. Jesus talks about money more than he talks about heaven and hell. That should get our attention. There is something about money that has a unique ability to grab a hold of our heart and twist it. And twist it in such a subtle way that you could even be around other Christians and they're like, I think it's okay. But between you and the Lord, you know something has gone awry. And Jesus talks very clearly about this. Um, a couple of stats for us. This is not to shame us, but just for us to know. Uh, according to Barna, less than 9% of born-again Christians give 10% or more to anything. Not, not even their church, just to anything. So, so less than 10%, we're in the single digits. Less than 1% of Christians under the age of 25 tithe. Now, we've got a lot of GCU students in the room, right? We've got some GCU, yeah. Um, you're like, I don't know, should I be proud to be a GCU student now? Um, no, you should. You absolutely should. Uh, one of the things I don't love about our culture is that we call you kids, and that's not true. You're grown-ups. 
You are grown up. You're following Jesus. Uh, maturity in the kingdom is not determined by how many years you've been following Jesus. Uh, P- Paul said to Timothy, don't let anyone look down on you for your age. So you have the ability to follow Jesus in a very mature way at your age. And I think Living Streams, my prayer is that we would be a different church, right? Coming into this week, I've been going, Lord, let our people that are under 25 understand the joy of being generous, the joy of giving, the joy of tithing, because it is a joy. It is supposed to be a joy. Sometimes it hurts a little bit, but it is supposed to be a joy. And we're going to talk through the joy of giving. Um, if you got your Bibles, turn, through, turn, turn to Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to pick up in verse 19. Jesus said this, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus is saying, where your money goes is where your heart goes. And again, Jesus is not trying to soften this for us. He's not going, oh, it's, you know, some of it's okay. You know, he's going, no, pay attention to where you spend your money because that is an indication of where your heart is. And Jesus is not shying away from that. He is pushing something into us that should give us a tiny bit of, is that me, Lord? Am I, should, is that what's going on inside of me? And Jesus is going, look, the, the, the kingdom is far more lasting. You get a better ROI, return on investment in the kingdom than you ever do building worldly wealth here on earth. Jesus is reminding us of that. One of the things he is not saying, I will just say this, he's not saying don't save. Uh, saving is okay in the kingdom. Uh, you notice what he's saying, like don't build up for yourself. He's going, look, don't put your identity in that savings account. Don't put your identity into that investment. But Paul says this. I think it's very interesting, and this is just a quick clarifier for us. Paul in 1 Timothy 5, 8 says this, but if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith, yikes, and is worse than an unbeliever. Paul's going, look, if you're a follower of Jesus, you got to provide for your family. You got to make sure that you're looking out for the people that are immediately around you and you're taking care of them. So this is very biblical. It's very biblical to, to be wise with your money and all of that. But what Jesus is trying to do is he's trying to point us in the direction that there is this inextricable link between our heart and money. And, he's, and later on in this chapter, he says, you cannot serve two masters. He doesn't say you should not. He doesn't say you might not. He says you cannot serve two masters. You can't serve God and money at the same time. You cannot do it. One's going to squeeze out the other. It's going to just the, the nature of it. But there's something interesting that, that Jesus says in this passage. He says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures here on earth. But he says, lay up treasures for you where? In heaven. Yeah. Lay up treasures in heaven. Sometimes I think we hear this verse so many times that we're like not even paying attention to what it's saying. The treasures in heaven mean there is a reward on the other side of this life for how we treat our finances. Probably uh, right, right after I got married, probably 15, 
16 years ago, something like that, um, I was a part of a smaller church in Tucson, Arizona. And uh, the pastor came up to me and he said, hey, we're going to do a Bible study on the subject of heaven. Uh, it's going to be, I think he said it was like 16-week Bible study. And I was like, 16 weeks talking about heaven? Like, is there that much to talk about? And, um, and we read the book Heaven by Randy Alcorn. I don't know if any of you have read that book. But I will say that was probably one of the more formative books in my life when it came to following Jesus. Because Randy Alcorn talks about the reality of heaven, the biblical view of heaven. And I have news for us, the idea that the disembodied spirit is going to be floating in the clouds playing the harp, that is not a biblical idea of heaven. It is not. There's a new heaven, a new earth. We're going to have bodies in the new earth eventually when, when Jesus comes back. And I don't have time to go into all of it, so that's why I really recommend reading that book. It's very good. But one of the things he talks about, and we're going to read this passage here, uh, he, he highlights this passage. And honestly, I'd been a follower of Jesus for a while, and I had never heard this in my whole life. And this changed me really deeply. Um, if you got your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Um, and whatever Bible you've got, highlight it, underline it, because this is worth really thinking about in the future. But Paul is talking about building a foundation on heaven. He's talking about building a foundation on Jesus. He's talking to believers. And in verse 11, it says this, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, verse 11. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. So he's going, look, the foundation of our faith is Jesus. He is the chief cornerstone. He is the foundation of everything. And he says, now, if anyone builds on the foundation, so you're building on top of that foundation as a follower of Jesus, build on that foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest for the day, capital D day. Uh, the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work uh, that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. What is this saying? It's saying that you and I, as believers in Jesus, will go through a judgment. But it's a positive judgment, if that makes sense. I'm going to unpack that a little bit. So uh, we're going to go through a judgment, and it's not a, a judgment on the sins that we've committed, and here's the punishment, because Jesus paid that 100%, right? He paid for all of the punishment on the cross. There's nothing lacking. There's nothing that Jesus left undone. He took care of all of that. So when we die, we have that foundation of Jesus and what he did, and we are going to be fine, spiritually speaking. But he says this, on that foundation, what you build is important. He's like, is it gold and silver and precious stones? That's awesome. If those catch on fire, they don't go away, right? They don't, they don't disappear with fire. But he said, wood, hay, straw. If you're building other things on top of that foundation, in that day, God will burn away all of those things. And what you will be left with is a reward in heaven. So what is he going to burn away? Well, you, 
you know, we always choke. You can't bring your 401k with you, right? <laughs> that's going to be, that's burned away. Now, can it be value, valuable? Yes. Can it help you, your family? And yes, that's awesome. That's great. But you can't take it with you. Your house, you can't take it with you. You can't take any of those things with you to heaven. That's not the important stuff. The question is, is what's the gold and the silver and the jewels, right? You start going, okay, well, what is that? Well, I think it's the people that we tell about Jesus, right? We see them in heaven and they go, thank you. Thank you for caring enough about me to, to, to bring me here. It's the, the people that we serve, the, the poor, the, the orphan, the widow. That is a reward when we get to work with people like that. I, I'll tell you what, when I give uh, to ministries that are doing that, I don't ever feel regret. I don't ever go, oh, shoot, I shouldn't have given that money. I like, as soon as it's out of my hands, I'm like, so thankful I did that. It's so awesome. I get to partner with other people that are serving in all sorts of different areas. There's a reward in heaven. And Jesus does not shy away from that. He says that many, many times in Scripture. And there's something that's so beautiful. We have to remind each other that what happens here on this earth is consequential for eternity. What we do when we can't see God will be what we do when we see God. You know, it's like this, this life is that, is that test of going, okay, Lord, I don't see you face to face, but I'm going to trust you. And be, I'm going to be generous. And when we are generous like that, the Lord brings rewards. He really does. And we have to be a heavenly-minded people. We were not built for this world. We were not. There is a world beyond that we were actually built to be in. We are created to be in. And the thing about Jesus, one of the things I love, as you read through um, Matthew chapter 6, he gets to this point, and I, I, I love that he gets to this point. He says, look at the lilies of the field. He's like, look at the flowers Look at the birds. Look at everything that God takes care of. How much more does he love you and want to take care of you, right? Jesus, we just finished a, a series on Philippians, and Jesus says, do not be anxious about that. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough worry for itself. And all of this is in the context of financial stewardship. Seek first the kingdom of God and he will add everything else. He's going, don't worry. Don't sit there wringing your hands. How is God going to provide? We know a very wealthy God, right? <laughs> he owns a cattle on a thousand hills, it says in Psalm 50. God is not lacking at all. And Jesus is telling us, look, you need to have a mindset of abundance when it comes to finances. When you're following Jesus, he's going to take care of you. He's going to do it. Will it take faith? Sometimes, yeah. Will it feel a little bit later than we were hoping? Sometimes, yeah. But he is always faithful. And Jesus, when he looks at money, he doesn't look at it as security. Some of us look at it as security. He doesn't see it as a status symbol. Jesus isn't going, get some more money so people will be impressed by how wealthy you are. That's not Jesus's attitude. He's going, do not fear being incredibly generous because I will take care of you. Jesus has a mindset of abundance when it comes to money, not poverty. He doesn't have a poverty mentality. Poverty mentality tells you, you don't have enough and you will never have enough. 
that mindset is crippling for the people of God. But if we walk around looking at the people around us going, what do you need? Do you need something? How about I pay for the, you know, the, the car behind me in the drive-thru or whatever it is. Just the, that, that generosity, it is so important in the kingdom of God. That is why Jesus talked about it as much as he did. And my prayer for us as a church is that we'd be incredibly generous. Now, there's three different ways of giving, and David and I did a, a podcast about this um, probably six months ago. It's in the archives in our, our YouTube uh, page. Um, maybe we could link to it on social media or something. Um, but we talked about the three different ways of giving, and this way David said, and I love the way he couches this. He says, there are really three different kinds of giving when you look at the Bible. You have the faithful tithe. That's looking at the Old Testament, that 10%, uh, giving that, the first fruits to the Lord. Nick and I had a conversation and, and he said, you know, when you give your last fruits to the Lord, it's a lot more painful than when you give the first fruits. If you're like, I've already paid all my bills and everything and now I have this much left, you're like, ooh, 10%, yikes. When you just scrape it right off the top as an act of worship and you're like, this is yours anyway, God. This wasn't mine to begin with. This is yours anyway. It is a reminder for your soul who really owns that money. And it's not you, it's God. So the faithful tithe, it's this thing that keeps us consistently reminded of the goodness of God and the worthiness of God to give. Uh, now, there's different ways to look at it. In Malachi 3, it says you bring your full tithe into the storehouses, you know, and it used to be food. You'd bring your first 10% from your crop and you'd put it in for storehouses. Uh, the way that my wife and I do it, uh, the first 10% goes into the storehouse, the place where we're fed, which is here at Living Streams. Even when I'm up here teaching, this place teaches me a lot. You guys teach me a lot. The elder team teaches me a lot. Staff teaches me a lot. This is the place where I am spiritually fed. So right off the top, I go, here you go, Lord, 10%. So there's a faithful tithe. It's beautiful. Then there's the next step, the generous gift. The generous gift is you've got extra in the bank and you're like, I'm going to give more than 10%. I'm going to give a gift to somebody. Maybe you have $10,000 in the bank and you go, I want to give $3,000 to this thing because the Holy Spirit's telling you. And you're like, great, I'm going to give that. And that's beautiful. It's wonderful. It's generous. It's giving out of the extra that you've got and going, hey, I want to give extra to other people. That's beautiful. But then there's the last kind of giving and that is the sacrificial gift. This is the story of the widow's might, um, where you give, and it might be the last little bit that you've got, or you're giving and you're like, this is actually gonna hurt. <laughs> Lord, I don't know. I don't really quite have enough to give this much. So I'm gonna give it, just believing that you're gonna come through. And there are seasons of that. There are seasons of that that are so important for us to remind ourselves that God is faithful, that he's going to provide. He's not forgetting you. He's not giving up on you. And pushing back on the idolatry of money, going, you don't hold my heart like a lot of people in the world have their heart held by finances. You, money, don't hold my heart. I'm going to push back and I'm going to remind myself that God can provide, and that's, that God is good. And some of you in this room, maybe you're losing sleep. Maybe you're like, I don't understand. I don't know how... I don't know how I'm going to pay this bill. I don't know how. My encouragement to you in this season, and again, not as in like a bumper sticker sort of way, but in a genuine heart posture, go, Lord, I give it to you. Genuinely, I give it to you. 
And when the Lord comes through in those, those times with my wife and I, it's like when the Lord comes through in those seasons, it really gets our attention. It really builds our faith. It really reminds us that God is God and we are not. We're going to take communion um, in just a second. But before we do, and I understand some of this is a little bit heavy and some of it's like, again, you know, we're, we're looking to be authentic and, and talk about real things. Um, but between you and the Lord, Maybe just ask the Lord, like, hey, is there something here? Is there something that I'm going through? Have I allowed something to seep into my heart that shouldn't be there? And if the Lord brings something to mind, he's doing it because he loves you and he wants you to give it to him. So just take a minute between you and the Lord and pray.